Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Beth. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Good morning guys. Hello. Good morning Ben. It's officially uh, spooky time. Mm-hmm. It is the horror month. It is October. And yeah. are you getting in the festive spirit? I've actually been thinking about this a lot because I now live in a place where I think I'll get trick or treaters. So yes, I'm like, will. I need to yeah. plan ahead. Or but I don't, don't play. Get- you don't have, are you, do you want to play? Yeah, I love Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Halloween's my favourite time of year. Well, we lived in a house and like a sort of in a residential suburban area mm. for the past couple of years, and we thought that we would get trick or treaters, and we didn't. And both there was years a pandemic. That we lived there, well, there was a pandemic. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Because we did the same. Because when I was living in Leicester, we had a house that was in a, like a suburban area, and. That I thought we'll get trick or treats. Yeah, I bought loads mm. of sweets. I was so excited, and then not one trick or treat came. That's a good point. But oh, yeah, we yeah, did that so. both years. We bought sweets, and then we just had to eat them ourselves yeah, over nightmare. the next week. It's one of the best things about living in a flat is that people don't knock on your door mm. and they leave me alone. But I, but you're only meant to knock on people's doors if they put something out to be like, like we're doing. Yeah, I mean, and if they don't, you throw eggs at them, right? Yeah, exactly. How, but I, I my thing is that I don't normally get home until like when it's dark at this mm. point and i don't know if kids are going to go out earlier and they're like finished by five because it's going to be like dark by like six we used to wait till it was dark to trick or treat. yeah but that's what we used to do as well but i also remember like we'd go out at like six and get back at seven and if that's yeah. the case then I, they will miss me and, and i, also I won't give, to give a, many sweets in a sleepy village where there probably weren't any wrong-uns or if they were they were closet wrong-uns and weren't going to yeah. do anything in a village um, so maybe I'll finish early on Halloween day just so I can go home and prepare for Halloween and I'll sit there in my little hat, I'll wear a witch's hat and I'll have my sweets and then hopefully I'll get some trick-or-treaters. I'm amazing. really excited. The difference between the two of you is <laughs> hilarious. I'm going to go to Tesco the day after Halloween by really reduced miniature Mars bars mm. and then stock my cupboard with them and slowly consume them until next Only October. Only on Saturdays. When I, yes, Saturdays. when I will do the same thing again. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this is a video game podcast. Oh. It is actually a video game podcast. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Each and every week, we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. Helps us keep the lights on. Uh, Dead Island to the Spider. 
Do we see? There was one down there. Look. Oh, is that a spider up there? Or is it just a bit of, bit of, of gubbins? I think a bit of spider's web. But right. there is a spider down there. Is that an alive spider? Yeah, I think so. Because oh, there yeah. was one down that we saw that was a dead spider. But then but there's another spider But we refuse to believe that now. that was Dead Island 2. But that spider. one wasn't there before. And that does look a lot like Dead Island 2, the spider. That's a live can island Can we tag it? Can we, can we get a biro and colour it in a bit? I don't mm. know. A bit of uh, nail varnish or something. Yeah. Can we ring it like a pigeon? <laughs> yes, just put a massive tracker. Can we put a GoPro on that spider? Yeah. Boom, falls to the floor. Anyway. Dead Island 2, the spider appears to still be with us. Yeah. Uh, but we're sponsored uh, by a very real sponsor. I've got the ad read right here. Sorry, Ben, to interrupt you. I actually think Dead Island 2 is back in his favorite spot because that is a spider up there. So there's a secondary spider in the room now. Dead Island 1 must be here as well. Uh, but we don't like Dead Island 1, the no. spider. So if that one dies, we're not we're not, not invested upset, in that. Are you pointing pretty... up there? No, no, or... where Dead Island yeah. 2 normally is. Up Spooder. there. Dead Island Spooder. Yeah, yeah. There's a spider up there. Yeah. Okay. Or at least there's something up there. It's like a spider. Yeah, Dead Island to the spider. spider is there. Yeah. The ad read for this week, I've got it. Oh, yeah. uh, we're all very excited about the Mario movie. We've all seen the trailer now because it's it's come out by the time of the release of this podcast, yeah. but not by the time of recording of this podcast because no. it's later on Thursday that the trailer comes out. Your predictions. Oh, did you see the size of his ass? It's huge, Fits. juicy, juicy so thing. Juicy, did, I loved his voice. It's yeah. me, Mario. It was good, wasn't it? <laughs> That's Mickey Mouse. So cool. <laughs> He's so cool. Uh, but I actually have the plot synopsis for the Mario movie. Oh my God. Right here. Are you ready to hear it? Yeah, I'm so ready. <clears throat> Mario Lopez, born October the 10th, 1973, is an American actor and television host. He has appeared on several television series in films and on Broadway. He is known for his portrayal of A.C. Slater on Saved by the Bell, Saved by the Bell, The College Years, and the 2020 sequel series. He has appeared in numerous projects since, including the third season of Dancing with the Stars, and as a host for the syndicated entertainment news magazine, Shows Extra, and Access Hollywood. He has also hosted America's Best Dance Crew for MTV. In 2012, he co-hosted the second season of the American version of The X Factor with Khloe Kardashian, and was the sole host for the third and final season. Mario movie, coming Mario soon. Mario Lopez. Yeah. I like that because on Ben's thing, you could just see all the links from Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> to well, that's it. I copied it from the Wikipedia the for, for the Ma yeah, yeah. For the for the Mario movie. Yeah. So the Mario movie. Stars Mario it's Lopez. It's about him. It's about it? Mario Lopez. Right. Yeah. And it's coming in October the 10th, 1973. Oh, this is, a, this is a different. This is a different Mario movie. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't oh. see oh, it. Oh, are you trailer. looking forward to the. The video game yeah, one. Yeah, the one with the red hat. Because oh, this is a video game podcast, so I just, context clues led me to Right, believe. well, see, I got an email saying, ad read for Mario movie. And I right. was like, yeah, absolutely. Right, but this it's is, a biopic. Is this it is a Mario biopic Lopez? about Mario Lopez, which is a uh, different, that's a different thing. Do you know who, do you know what it looks like? What, more Mario, Mario Lopez? You know who Mario Lopez is? Do I know who he yeah, is? Yeah, Mario Yeah, I think so. I've seen the KFC movie. He's in that. Oh, oh, is it that guy? Is yeah. It? Oh. He played uh, Harlan Sanders in the in the KFC. I know. Why did you ask if he knows what? Because I was like. like, I don't know if you just googled famous men. No, called Mario, Mario Lopez. He's got <laughs> he's got a rocking bod, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Just like Mario in the, the vid video game yeah, Mario movie, movie trailer. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. which we've all seen mm. at the time. No, this isn't. Unfortunately, the Mario Lopez oh. movie is not. Uh, it's not real, but hopefully soon, hopefully. because our uh, our king needs <laughs> needs a throne. I don't know what I'm saying. Why are we not uh, talking about Mario Lopez enough? Well, exactly. Hey, world. Have you heard of Mario Lopez? How can, how can a man uh, 
portray AC Slater on Saved by the Bell. Three different times. Three, on three occasions, <laughs> and then play Harlan Sanders in the Lifetime mini-movie KFC, a Recipe for Seduction. Yeah. And yeah. we are not talking, and we still do not talk about him as much as Chris Pratt, who is admittedly very cool, or the little, the little round Mario who jumps. Yeah. You know? What's that about? Yeah. I don't know. I'm I don't disgusted. know, Ben. Such a good point. That that is real. That anger is real, but the the sponsor is pretend. It's oh. not true. The real question is when the Luigi Lopez movie is going to yeah. come out. <laughs> I can't wait. If Mario Lopez doesn't have a brother called Luigi Lopez, and if no one's done that joke yet, please Photoshop <laughs> Mario Lopez into green overalls and do it. You have our permission. Mm. No, of course, we're sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can submit questions to this podcast. And there's loads of other tiers available. Please do consider going and supporting us. Those of you who do, we love you. Thank you very much for your generosity. A couple of things yeah. before you hop into the first question there, people. Peter. You better calm down. You so slow your bloody roll there. We are hiring still yes. for this uh, full-time staff writer job, triplejmp. Go there, uh, scroll down, click on the careers thing and and check it out. It's uh, available until the 24th of October, I want to say. So um, yeah. go go apply if with, you're interested in working with us. With a week's grace period afterwards to let us look through everything and reply. Absolutely. So don't, mm-hmm. Please don't message us on the 25th and say, why haven't you replied to me? Uh, also, next week on the podcast, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail. But just a heads up that the tat appeal will be opening. Mm-hmm. It's imminent. Very soon. So you can start preparing now. Very, very soon. Send us your tat, your worst games, your weirdest games, whatever you want. Mm. We'll happily take it. Question one, Peter. Question one comes from Nikki P, who says, Hi, BAP. Loads of eyes on there. Hi, Nikki P. Uh, I've been playing some Yakuza recently and love the kooky side stories. I think you mean Like a Dragon. Uh, And it's also Biscuit. What? Biscuit side stories. Like cookie. Cook, oh, yes, yeah. oh, uh, I love the cookie it's, side story. You've got to wake up pretty early in the morning to, <laughs> yes, to keep up with you. understand what the hell I'm talking about. It's also someone whose partner goes off and like sleeps with someone else and like knowingly. They um, like co- cookie, co- cookie, cookie side stories. Right. Uh, they are pretty Jeez. irreverent and mostly funny, e.g. battling a Yakuza boss or a like a dragon, the dragon boss. <laughs> who who has a penchant slash thang for adult nappies. Oh. Yes, that is a good bit. Uh, what are your favourite laugh out loud funny games? Love your work. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks, Thank you, Nikki, Nikki P. P. We got through it um, through no fault of your own. Uh, I've got some intentionally funny things and some unintentionally funny games. Mm. Um, but I definitely feel like, I think one of my answers is up there in, in the top you know, three or whatever of my funniest moments. My other one's not really. And then I, I'm sure there are like loads of other funny things that I just can't think of. You know, when we get these questions and we're like, oh yeah, all those funny moments from video games. And then you're like... Your mind's black. Yeah, mm-hmm. what games have I ever played in my whole yeah, life? In my, yeah, what have I even played? Uh, but I do think one of the funniest uh, games or series I've ever played is Portal. Yes. I think Portal mm-hmm. 1 and Portal 2 mm-hmm. are both very funny games. Portal 1 manages to carry itself with just one person speaking. You know, it's just monologue basically all the way through. And that's a really funny game. Portal 2, probably even funnier mm-hmm. with uh, you've got your your Wheatleys and your GLaDOSes, but also Cave Johnson as well. Very mm-hmm. funny character. Um, I also think Time Split is Future Perfect is a pretty funny game at times. 
Um, some of the jokes are a bit kind of dumb now. Uh, oh, and also inappropriate. Yes, they um, have they have aged somewhat. I, I got that from your laugh, but yeah, no, that, that too. Some of the jokes have aged badly. Um, I've just thought of another one actually. Thinking of uh, Cave Johnson reminds me of um, Bruce Campbell in um, the Spider-Man games, mm. who does like the tutorial stuff, and he's just kind of a funny character. Enjoyed that. Uh, in terms of unintentionally funny, I think it's unintentional. Is um, you sort of your dark pictures et al. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you know you you kind of strange faces. Yeah. Weird characters doing stupid things. Um, Wells Interactive as well. You know. Oh yes. Wells Interactive. Games. All that kind They're of stuff. They're so funny. So the sort of collection of narrative, silly, strange character video games um, mm. are all very unintentionally funny. That reminded me of that moment in the the Fast and Furious worst games live that we did oh where that bus came out yeah. of nowhere and just exploded everything on the screen and we that all bus just is going a bit fast, isn't it? we all just disintegrated that's yeah. a funny game unintentionally mm. so um i portal one and two is again very funny but also borderlands two is a funny game mm-hmm. i think sometimes you look back on the jokes and you're like why was that so funny at the time but it just because it was one of the only games doing yeah it at the time, yeah really. Um, but I really liked Borderlands 2. And then unintentionally funny, and I will talk about this more in the next segment that's brand new, um, Saints Row. I think that game's hilarious. I've laughed so much playing it this week. Um, the new one. The, the new one. That they yeah, to. yeah. Wow. I can't wait to talk about it. Oh, wow. I can't okay. wait to hear about it. That game's hilarious. It is, isn't it? Isn't it funny? Yeah. <laughs> I had the best glitch I've ever had in any game in that game mm-hmm. with the final boss. Posted yeah. it on Twitter. Yeah, that's funny. Where he just dislocates his entire upper torso oh, yeah. and just Spins spirals around. <laughs> that was great. It's amazing. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, is that your... That's, yeah, those are mine. I've only got the the one that I've jotted down here, but I agree with with all the ones that you guys have said. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy game obviously mm. struck, a, mm-hmm. struck a chord with me as a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan, um, but there, there were several moments in that game that genuinely made me laugh, but the one that springs to mind, and uh, I only got it on my second playthrough when I was doing collectibles, because I think depending on a choice you make, certain well, certain scenes play out differently depending on choices you make. They branch, um, not in any meaningful way, but you just see different parts of the game basically depending on what you what you choose and one of them was you you've been locked you've all been locked in your quarters and it's a bird's eye view of the ship and there's a space llama that you're trying to sort of coax to like because it keeps chewing up the ship you're trying to coax it into chewing through some door controls or Mm -hmm. something some wires and it really likes um i can't remember is it bobby mcferrin uh here's a little song i wrote might want to sing it. Oh, note for yeah. Note. Don't, don't worry, be happy. That's mm-hmm. what I'm I'm not sure if it's Bobby McFerrin. But anyway, you're all, it's its favorite song. So you're you're pressing the face buttons to get the different members of the team to, to sing it, to try and coax it round. But it doesn't like some of their singing voices. So it pushes them away. So you've got to, it becomes this game of this infuriating game. And they're all, you know, voice acted excellently, just sort of mm. losing the will to live as they're trying to, sing Bobby McFerrin at this space llama to try and get it to come closer. I really enjoyed that. It's so silly, uh, but that there's just, yeah, moments of levity in games are important. Yeah, I've just thought of one actually that um, the game itself wasn't funny necessarily through and through, um, but in terms of being taken by surprise, particularly in the way the joke was presented, was that in um, the Battlefront 2 campaign, um, you, you go to Cloud City uh, or somewhere on that on that planet on Bespin, 
And uh, early on in the level, someone's just taken the mick out of cloud cars, they're called, which are sort of the meet me equivalent of spaceships, you mm-hmm. know, like just stupid little things. Um, and then way later on, you're trying to escape this, like blowing, this facility is blowing up and you're, it's like this imperial thing. And you're running along through the hangar and there's all these TIE fighters that you're running towards. And every time you get to one, it takes off. You're trying to like find a ride out of there and all the pilots are like leaving. You're like, oh God. And your objective is saying like, find a TIE fighter, find a TIE fighter. And then eventually you're running along and all that's left at the end of this corridor is a cloud car. And the objective changes to settle for the cloud car, <laughs> which is pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, it, it was Bobby McFerrin. Oh, sorry. Oh. So we're, we're there. It's time for a section we've never done before, Ashton. Mm, it is. Brand new section. Just for me, so I can talk about Saints Row. It's what we play in. Oh. Mm. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about what video games we've been playing. Peter, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I've finished Stray, or Stray 2. Stray, oh, yeah. serious about this. Um, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I particularly liked it the more it went on because there was a bit more of the kind of the the action running away from hordes of little little critters and scary drones. sentinel drone things, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and all that kind of stuff. I I've been, I did enjoy the the platforming and the more sort of chilled out bit at the start, but um, and I think that's what I kind of expected from the game as well. I thought it would be a fairly like mm-hmm. low energy game. But then the more of that kind of stuff I was doing, I was like, oh, wow, I wish there'd been kind of more of this all the way through, to be honest. Um, But yeah, really enjoyed it. Very atmospheric, really nicely crafted world. I don't think I was actually that invested in the story. Like, I enjoyed it. And, you know, I thought, okay, that's cool. Like, now that I found out what's happened. And I thought the twist was quite good. Um, Didn't really see that coming necessarily. But, uh, I mean, you know, I wasn't like, it's not, it didn't didn't really grab me. I don't think I cared much about all the robots. I didn't no. didn't feel like, oh, I, mm. I must do something for all these guys. Um, but it was interesting. It was kind of a unique world and stuff. So I only cared about B12. And yeah. B12 was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I was like, okay, B12, we'll yeah. do it. Let's go, bestie. Um, I didn't cry at the end. Uh, I know that your Ben did. My Ben did both times yeah. to finish the game. Um, but uh, it was a, a, a nice and, well, bittersweet ending. It was good. Um, I wonder if they might do some kind of sequel, possibly. They've left it open. Yeah. If they wanted to do Could it. Do. Um, I uh, have finished um, Little Orpheus and was tempted at home, because I played it at home as well as on stream, I was tempted to try the um, the extra chapter. Because mm. when I say finished, I finished on stream up to that point. Yeah. It was then 7 p.m. And I was like, even if it wasn't 7 p.m., I've been warned that this is a massive difficulty spike. Yes. Um, so, uh, but then when I was playing at home, I was like, mm, do I? Because I've seen some um, images from it and it's got like airships and stuff in it. It looks quite nice. Mm-hmm. But um, so I might still give that a go at some point this weekend. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you finished the core story. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. And I enjoyed that as well. That didn't really go exactly where I thought it would story wise. I was like, oh, okay. Like I could tell that the story being told was definitely sort of fictional and mm-hmm. they were, he was just making holes in his own story all the way through yeah but i mean i won't say for anyone who's deliberately avoided the stream and stuff but um yeah the, it, i would have liked it to be some grand reveal at the yeah, end yeah exactly you know? it was like oh oh right okay uh and then what they do after that moment where you're like oh right is, is almost even stranger. Like the motivations of, uh, you know, another character. I, I was kind of surprised that he, mm. he didn't just go, just flip the table and say, well, 
f you then but um mm. it it's was interesting all very positive isn't it yeah i did it's I, just kind of nice yeah it was very nice and it was um i, I liked all the just the, the silly kind of different areas that were all like heavily themed and kind of tri- like here's the desert area here's mm-hmm. the ice area and i thought that kind of worked in a way that worked really well with the whole idea that this guy was potentially just kind of coming up with stuff off the top of his head yeah so that was good um i've also i realized this week that um very quietly uh dark alliance 2 was um re um remastered mm-hmm. i was trying to think if it was remade or remastered i think okay. they're, they're both re- so dark alliance dark Baldur's gate i'm talking about here Baldur's gate dark alliance one was remastered i think end of last year or very early this year and i played that through and then um, the developer were tweeting about, like, oh, we might do the sequel, maybe. And I followed them on Twitter just to see uh, if they did it. And I guess the algorithm just doesn't show me any of their tweets because <laughs> they very, very quietly released the second one as well. So uh, I've downloaded that and started playing it. That's very much just a game that I think if you played it back in the day, you might enjoy revisiting. It's not going to, like, knock anyone's socks off if you've not played it like at all. But um, So I've started that now as well. So... Nice. Yes, I think that's everything. I feel like it might be something else as well, but um, yeah, there we go. That's that's all I can think of. I have played a lot of Disney Dreamlight Valley this week. Um, I have leveled to, to 10, which is the max level, um, all of the characters that are currently available in the game. Um, and I'm just trying to finish off all of their quests. And then I will put the game down and probably never play it again. Uh, but for now, I'm having a good time. And then I have played... In co-op campaign mode, Saints Row. How is the co-op? Because oh I've not tried the co-op. boy, it's broken. Oh, I excellent. I love it. Excellent. <laughs> it's um, got this one mechanic where you can, like, prank each other. So if you do, like, little mini missions, you can, like, prank the other player. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, like, you'll just start, like, spewing money out from, like, just all around you all the time that obstructs your vision. Sometimes it just makes your screen blurry. One time in the middle of a mission, it turned me into a bin. Mm. Like my whole character model just changed into a bin. And I was like, what's going on? Why is this happening? What weird bug? Am I Ben? Why am I bin? And then he chuckled about himself because I just thought, oh my God, this what a weird bug. I've turned into a bin. But no, it turns out it was a prank. Um, so I was just a, a prank. I was man. a bin for a That's minute. Cool. Like um, but my God, this game is broken. The amount of times that we've just had just weird, ridiculous bugs. There was one point I had to turn the game off because I wasn't allowed to get in my car. Like I would just sit on the floor and the car would drive off. Like I would drive the car off. And then if I got out of the car, I would just go back to where I'd got in the car because I was still technically sat on the floor. And it was every single car I tried to get in. I couldn't wow. I couldn't do that. Um, and then there's this thing where if you're in co-op, you can like ride on top of someone else's car. And if you're doing that, you can like jump off and launch yourself into the wingsuit, which is what you can do like normally. But um Ben did that. And then for the rest of the game, his character model was just flying along the ground for me, like <laughs> as if he was still in the wingsuit. And then whenever he got on top of the car, it was just constantly said that he's jumping off, but he wasn't. Like he was just constantly bouncing around. Um, to be fair, the co-op mode is implemented well. Like there is normally like two of everything. So if it gives you a special gun, it'll give you two guns so you both can play it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done better than uh, Far Cry 6, where you can obviously do co-op campaign because it actually carries over to both your playthroughs so if he carried on he'd still be able to go and get stuff um we found an ice cream um apparel shop so we've been walking around with like an ice cream hat on each just hanging out but um at one point 
he got stuck in a golf cart in one of the missions. Like he just couldn't get out of the golf cart. And then because he couldn't get out of the golf cart, it kept telling him to get back into the area. And he was like, I'm stuck in a golf cart that will not stop driving. I am stuck. Um, so we basically just stopped playing the game because it just it wasn't working. So we had to restart the whole mission. But um, yeah, this game is so janky. I don't know how they've gotten away with this like <laughs> the more i play it i'm like they haven't gotten away with it though have they it's, well, no, it's not but sold very well it's no, not reviewed well but no one's like really talking about it because no one bought it because no one bought no, it because be we're the only people in the world <laughs> who are playing it. i'm enjoying playing it but just because i'm like what's gonna happen today can't yeah, wait to find yeah. out that's how i was with far um, cry 6 yeah but that's yeah the co-op mode in it is so broken it's fantastic i love it i've like actually viscerally laughed out loud multiple times playing this game just mm. from like random stuff that happens like we don't care about any of the characters we couldn't care less every time that one guy comes on ben goes put a shirt on like constantly shouts at him the cat's the best character in the game uh but mm -hmm. hey yeah man that game's good because it's just so broken yeah it's great it's it's more than well trodden ground at this point that but but it's kind of amazing that we are at a position we're we're in a place where games like that can be released mm. and that's fine because they can be patched compared to a couple of generations ago where the game had to be perfect yeah. you know it's it's amazing really that this is where we're at now yep. that something like that can be released you can exchange actual money for it mm -hmm. and you can't actually be that annoyed about it no but... relatively speaking man I love it. It's, mm. it's terrible. What does it do in co-op in cutscenes and stuff? Does it just show uh, just our one? character, yeah, whoever's character is there. So it, for him, it must be his character. For me, it's my oh, okay. character. Right. Though I keep swapping our voices around. <laughs> so I keep, I keep coming out of cutscenes with a, men, a male voice. And I'm like, why is my character mad? And then he says, why should... And then like a couple minutes later, I changed the pack and he's like, why has your character got a man voice? And I'm like, I don't know. I do, and then he'll have Excellent. a girl voice and we don't know why. Brilliant. It's ridiculous. So it. good. What have you been playing then? I finished off Gears of War 3 in mm. co-op and I really enjoyed that. So that's that trilogy put to bed. I know there's uh, Judgment and 5 and 6, but I think I'm going to get to those another time. Uh, maybe when they announce 7, whenever that might be, because I don't think the Coalition has been... Coalition's done a couple of things since 6, but I don't know if we know what they're working on now. So I would presume that it's the new Gears of War, but I tell you what... It was a real throwback to the kinds of games that were produced at that time and the mm -hmm. kinds of games that I've recently on the podcast been lamenting the lack of where it's sort of, you're in this area. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much a shooting gallery. It is a shooter. You know, that's half mm. the point. But you are relatively linearly funneled through an experience mm. that lasts anywhere from 10 to 15 hours. And that's great. I really like that. Yeah. That's such a breath of fresh air compared to all of the open world games that release now. All of them. Unrelenting. So Gears of War 3. Thumbs up. I enjoyed it. I think it was probably my favorite of the trilogy uh, that I played. And I've also been playing more Forbidden West as well. Forging ahead with that. Uh, it's difficult to talk about it without mentioning, without kind of spoiling literally everything about it. Mm. So... I'll just say that I am enjoying it and I've gone into the compatibility settings and disabled the animation for when Aloy picks up something off the ground. So now I can just run through the world and mash triangle and uh, pick right, up all yeah. the stuff and she just picks it, like it just goes into her inventory without her having to stop and pick it up. 
and then carry that's on good. moving. So that saved me a lot of time. I was also stupidly playing in uh, resolution mode rather than performance mode. So I managed, I, I set that to 60 FPS and my God, what a difference that made. It looks so much better now, uh, despite the apparent gro- uh, drop in uh, like fidelity, the fact that mm. it's running so smooth. Uh, makes it uh, look so much better. I don't know how far through the story I am, but I really am hauling ass. Have you met the Tanakh? Have you gone to their main tribe yet? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Yeah, done that. You met the chief? Yeah, done that. That was ages yeah. ago. And Ancient you, history. Have you gone to the snowy place with the one-armed man? Yeah, yeah. done that. Knocked the uh, wall down? Yeah, done that. That's, yeah, I'm going to um, a bit. I'm going to the, the big San Fran bridge now. Oh yeah. So yeah, mm. yeah. That's no San Fran Bridge. San Fran Bridge. San Bridge, Fran Bridge. The big yeah. San Fran Bridge. Mm. Uh, so that's if anyone who's played the game, that's roughly where I am. I think mm. everybody knows that San Francisco is in the game because yes. it's in all the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is that's where I am. I've not really been doing any side stuff, uh, but I am enjoying it, and I look forward to playing it for more than half an hour a night. Which are is you now? Sorry, are you now trying to cross the water? Uh, haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. I've literally just arrived at a settlement where right. people are. Cool. And that's where I am. Oh. But I am enjoying it. Looking forward to playing the res. And then, uh, God, it'll be time for Batman, won't it? Or not Batman. Not Batman. Arkham Knight. Mm. Did you see a clip? I saw a clip from that this morning where someone got early access and they uploaded a clip and um, it was of Batgirl fighting and it was playing uh, I Need a Hero, but it wasn't the actual version. It was like a re-release of like a, a cover of it. And the, every time I was like, oh, this is where the song gets going, it just, it didn't. And I was like, huh? And the girl was the person who uploaded it was like, this is up there with the most random things that's ever happened in a video game. Like it just started in the middle of like a fight. And she was like. That's so strange. Is it like um, a Sackboy's Big Adventure where the music is timed to loop? and mm. loop and loop until you hit a certain thing Maybe. so that it ends on a crescendo or but whatever. it was a really kind of awful cover of the oh, I'll see so. if I can find it and send it to you on yeah please do Slack I'm still I'm optimistic for that I game, am but too we'll, we'll see how that we will see we will <laughs> yeah we will see it's time for question two it is it's coming from Rock Reese hi BAP I got the question mm. You've all said before that you wouldn't play fighting or many online multiplayer games for a prolonged amount of time because you don't like being bad at them. I'm just curious, what is it that puts you off these games the most? Is it the is it the time? Oh, is it the time you need to get good, or mechanically, it's just frustrating to play for you? Thanks, Rock Reese. Thank you, Rock Reese. Thank you, Rock Reese. Uh, for me, it's it's both or either, depending on this case by case. Because for me, I'm not. I think the fighting game thing is more of that's that's kind of from you, isn't it, Ben? You're not so no, yeah. Sorry, yes. yes, you grew up playing Tekken. Yeah, stuff. I played a lot mm. of Tekken. I played some Soul Calibur as well, which I really like. Um, but there are some fighting games like Mortal Kombat that I really hate playing, and that's probably where I immediately just fall back into exactly the same position you are. Even though there are some fighting games that I do like, and that is for me, that's more of a mechanical thing. And it's probably made worse, actually, by the fact that I do have this kind of muscle memory or this instinct to play a fighting game a certain way, having played a lot of Tekken and Soul Calibur, which is very similar in terms of control scheme. Um, So as soon as I pick up Mortal Kombat, I'm pressing buttons that I think are mapped to my right fist or my left leg or whatever. And they're just sort of blocking or doing weird stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not what I'm thinking at all. So I can't play those games specifically because I'm trying to play another game as soon as I pick up a controller. Um, so I find that 
frustrating about the fighting games that I'm not into. But in terms of just multiplayer games in general online, that's the other way for me. That's that's um, the time it takes to get good, as Rock Reese says. So I understand how mechanically to play Call of Duty or something like that. But the time it would take me to get good at those games, it's, a, it's like a double whammy, really, because not only would it just take me that long to get good just playing against bots or something but then on top of that you then you don't even have the time alive on the battlefield to get good because mm-hmm. you're constantly being killed by teenagers from america which is <laughs> hey i mean hats off to them for being good at the game but some like tighter matchmaking would be really good on games like that that's why i sort of stopped playing uh get like shooter games in particular because i felt like even though i was seemingly putting being put in in matches with people who are like leveled with me numerically similarly uh they they were still a lot better than i was and Mm. uh maybe they'd only just bought the game or something but they've been playing call of duty for generations and uh you know you just you just don't spend enough time alive so it would be nice to be Put in a put in a match with just loads of noobs, me's and Ben's. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Ashton's. Yeah, I'm also bad at them. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not really. That's the thing. I just hate that frustration of being like, oh my, like in a game and just being constantly killed and being like, how am I supposed to do anything? Mm. Like, I don't know. I can't get good because I'm simply constantly dying. Like, yeah. there's nothing I can do. Um, I'm also not really drawn to games that are like Sans story slash like actual quests and things to do i just don't have the brain capacity to be like now you're free do what you want go and figure it out go and shoot some people or do in the multiplayer or you know fight that guy in that thing and get a score of this i'm like i just that's not interesting to me at all like there's just no like draw for me there so i just don't really i'm not i don't find myself kind of being inclined to pick that up over other games um this week mb asked me if i wanted to play overwatch 2 and I said, no, I don't. Uh, because everyone from Overwatch 1, who's been playing it for five years, if yeah. not more, they're going to all be in Overwatch 2 now because they can't play Overwatch 1 anymore. And people like me, little babies like me, are going to get killed over and over again and have no idea what's going on. So, no, actually, I'm all right. I think it's that window of like, if you play a game when it first comes out and you play it from then on, a multiplayer game, you'll be good at it. If you haven't picked it up within the first like month and you just jump into it like three months down the line, that's it. You you can't catch up. That's the case in point. I was going to say that, you know, you if you booted up Overwatch 2 now, mm. you would potentially be put in matches with people who have maybe only just started playing it. So they're technically low level. Yeah. But they, because they've been playing Overwatch for years and years, then they're going to be really good at it. So, yeah. Yeah. But they have to have a uh, mobile phone contract. Otherwise, they can't play Overwatch 2. Have you seen that? What? No, really? Blizzard have made it so you can only play Overwatch 2 if you have a like a phone contract, num- like a contracted number, so you can't have like a pay-as-you-go phone that they won't allow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just in America, yeah, I... but I've seen a lot of posts on Reddit being like, I feel like I'm too poor to play Overwatch 2 now because my phone contract is this like cheap one mm. and I can't afford a better one and I can't play Overwatch 2. I've seen there's there've been all sorts of... There's been a real 
flipstorm about Overwatch recently on social media, but I've not really looked into exactly what. Mm. I've just seen memes about people being annoyed at Blizzard, and I don't it's, know why. It's well, just it, one thing after another with Overwatch, yeah. isn't it? I mean, Overwatch didn't... They, it launched, and so many people were trying to play it. They didn't have enough room in the server, so people couldn't play well, it. And they also had a DDoS attack, too. And they did <laughs> have a DDoS attack <laughs> as well, yeah. The server's down. So. Uh, wow. Yeah. A complete disaster. I, I really like multiplayer games. I just don't really want to play them anymore the only like i i grew up playing so many multiplayer games yeah. with the advent of console um online anyway but the difference maker is between then and now is that i would quite happily play by myself online before whereas now if i'm going to play anything pvp i need to have friends there because otherwise mm-hmm. i just think i would rather be doing literally anything else than being shouted playing. at yeah being shouted at well, i know th- here's the thing we we stereotype and i know you can you can mute people yeah. and you can you know d- you don't necessarily always get killed by 12 year olds in america but it does happen um i played an awful lot of warzone and various other online games during lockdown just because it was a social thing to do um now though it's going to it's going to take a lot to persuade me to get back onto Warzone or anything like mm. that, just because I would never again. I would never play those games without my friends being online as well. It was more the social activity than it was the playing of the game. Yeah. And so now that my gaming time is more limited again because I'm going places and doing things, when faced with the option of playing a you know a rich narrative game that's really engrossing or playing an online game either with my friends or or alone, I would I would much rather actually just play the play the the single player game because I find that more rewarding personally than the than the online game. Um and when it comes to fighting games in particular, I'm just not very good at them and mm. the amount of time it would take for me to get good would be a serious time investment and it would boil down to essentially me getting home from work and then the free time that I do have to play games sitting there and practicing with a character or yeah. or playing online against strangers to realistically get to the point where my skill ceiling is probably going to be maybe standing a chance to beat my friends who don't know how to play the game yeah. when the other people who because i feel like this this the real skill ceiling for fighting games is winning major tournaments yeah and getting a lot of money and so i suppose in my head fighting games are sort of a, a means to you know be be a professional gamer so to speak yeah. like esports and so on and so forth and i'm like that's just not where i want to dedicate my gaming time to mm. i even like i wouldn't say i'm the time the type of games that i prefer to play say i'm playing horizon at the moment i wouldn't say that i'm good at horizon i'm just playing it mm. and that is kind of what i want from a game i don't necessarily want to play a game so much that i become i, I would be classified as really really good at uncharted you know it's just it's kind of just a completely different sphere of gaming and so i will play online games every now and again but i'd much prefer much prefer sorry pv um am i talking about like co-op co-op games Mm -hmm. uh, rather than sort of pvp or pve games just because it's just not how i'd rather spend my time i want to i want to get something out of my games beyond the the thrill of victory or the risk of (laughs) devastating defeat I agree with that, even with games that I am, you know, better at. Like, I grew up playing Tekken, but I, I hardly ever played against anyone. That was just me wanting to go through the game and unlock all the endings and all, all the modes and, you know, unlock Tekken bowling and stuff like that. So even with games, 
in that category that I personally have gotten better at. It's never really been with a view to be good. It's just incidental that I've thought, I, I want to play through this game and unlock everything and complete it. And yeah, over time, I've just learned things. So yeah, I, I'm with you there. Tekken bowling is great though. Yeah. <laughs> Love Tekken bowling. And volleyball. Mm. Yes. It's time for something a bit strange, Peter. Mm. Yeah, isn't it, Ash? A bit odd. Yeah, it is, guys. Isn't it, Billy? Billy? It's weird news. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time, time for some weird video game news. Remember, you can submit weird video game news to us on our social media platforms, them being Facebook and Twitter, even though we're on other ones as well, uh, just by responding to the post that goes up earlier in the week. If you absolutely want to guarantee your shout out in this section, you you could become a podcast help, a podcast producer. Great. Thank you. Uh, by going to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump and supporting us at a certain tier. Who have we got this week? We've got Nathan. G.Y. Goliath. Sean Legg. Walco. Nicole Hansen. Ellie Nicholas. Erica Hutchinson. Melody Elbonet. Katie Garrett. And Gabrielle Philippine. Thank you so much, podcast producers. Thank you, podcast producers. Thank you. We know, we see you, we notice you. There's a lot of the same names every time, and then sometimes new ones, which is equally nice to see. It's very nice. Thank you, everyone. I've got some weird news here. I wasn't going to bring this story, but several people sent it to our weird news posts. Several people tagged me in it. Uh, and then also several people tagged me in it, not in the weird news posts, but we just when it broke a couple of days ago. So I thought I better had. It's not that weird, but it's I think news. I know what it is. This is uh, this write-up in particular is by Tom Phillips uh, at Eurogamer.net. Beyond Good and Evil 2 overtakes Guinness World Record holder Duke Nukem Forever as game longest in development. Source uh, the the subheading is Page Turner, spelled P E Y apostrophe J, which is the Great. name of the pig uncle. 
Um, the punkle. But why is it the punkle. punkle? Yeah, but why is it a page turner though? Like I get the I get the yeah, pun, it, but like just come up with a page related pun for no doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't actually make any no. sense at all. It's taking pages. We're all on digital could have media been good. Now. Taking pages. Taking pages. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or it's good. finally got its own page in the Guinness World Record book. Yeah, yeah, that could be it actually because it is about a book. Yeah. People waiting for the game. If I mean, you wouldn't do it this wordy, but fans are feeling jaded. Yeah, perhaps it's um, beyond a good. joke at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the long-awaited sequel to Beyond Good and Evil has overtaken Duke Nukem Forever as the game with the longest ever development period. Duke Nukem Forever, which finally released in 2011, previously held the Guinness World Record for the longest development period for a video game project at just over 14 years. But Beyond Good and Evil 2 has now beaten that, as noted on Twitter by GamesIndustry.biz's Brendan Sinclair. Duke Nukem Forever went 5,156 days from its announcement in 1997 to its release in 2011, Sinclair wrote on Twitter over the weekend. It's been 5,234 days since the first Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer was released, he added. That's five. That's 5,237 now, says the writer of this article, because it's... And when was this released? Have we had some more days on? Uh, when was this released? This article released. That, I think that's what they mean. That's 5,237 now. Oh, so they've so that that they've was got a counter or is the quote the quote ended. <laughs> what I'm saying is, when was the article released? Because if this was like four days ago, they would have to add four more on. Oh, you mean so we can work out what it is today? Yeah, uh, and, then, on... and then what is it on Saturday yeah. when the yeah. podcast release? Well, so it, this was published on the third of October. Today's the sixth. So three days ago. So at time of recording, it's been five thousand two hundred and forty days. And, and then how many days? Four, to... So 5,442 days yes. on Saturday. There you go. Sorry, I, th I, was, I thought you meant it's just okay. the article. Hey, don't worry about it. Both projects... Real page turner, am I right, guys? Very good. Both projects saw work put on hold during their times in development as teams changed and console hardware shifted. Uh, there's then the tweet from Brenda Sinclair embedded in the article. Ubisoft first began officially discussing Beyond Good and Evil 2 back in 2008 when a CGI trailer for the project was released, though at the time, series creator Michel Ancel had already been working on the project for at least a year. Work continued on the game over the years, off and on, and Ubisoft repeatedly maintained the project was still in the works to some extent, though it eventually began to be thought of as vaporware. Then, in 2016, Ubisoft publicly recommitted to the project once more with a big E3 announcement and the launch of a series regular... Sorry, a series of regular development updates dubbed the Space Monkey Program. But as the years went on, things seemed to go quiet once again. Um, you know so whose fault it is? Michel Ancel. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes, it is. Hit record. Um, <laughs> Do you want to work on the game now. for free? Has it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were trying to outsource development to fans, basically, for, a, for a chance at a credit, basically. Were they getting paid? They got paid as well. They did get paid. They, you okay. got, like, a split of... It was really weird because like, so it was this, um, uh, what do you call it? It was like a collaborative thing. Mm. So someone could like just, just write a bass line for a song and then someone could like play guitar over it. It's a bit like TikTok basically, right, yeah. but a bit more organized to create music and also art. So you could just like add layers and doodles mm -hmm. and stuff on top of other people's stuff. So they came up with all these like in-game art assets and music and stuff. And then when it came to being paid for each project, they would propose, I think Hit Record would propose who gets how much of this amount of money based on how much work they would do. And then there's then this period of like, you can like make a case for like, actually, I did a bit more than you think I did. And like, 
then they sort of eventually like come to this conclusion. War. Yeah, it's almost yeah, it sounded mm. really weird. Sounds messy. Yeah. Unhealthy. Um so blah blah blah. Uh, still, we know things are continuing. In August this year, narrative designer Sarah Aralano, formerly of Blizzard, announced she'd join the project as Beyond Good and Evil 2's new lead writer. Um, and that is the end of the article. But Wow. So this this is... Um, there are some people in the community, Beyond Good and Evil community, who would say this isn't strictly true. Because when the game was announced in 2016, the developers at the time were saying, this is day zero of development. We've right. not we've not started developing it's not even pre-alpha this is like we're, we're now in pre-production mm. um and everything that they'd shown before then was for a, a beyond good and evil 2 game but it was that had all been scrapped because mm. that was all clearly going to be a sequel as well because you could see the characters from the first game were shown in this material that they released and now they're doing a prequel so you would get some diehard people in the community saying um technically this is a different game but it's basically, you know, yeah. they've been talking about some kind of follow-up for that long. So it is kind of true in that sense. So there you go. Thanks oh. to everyone who tagged me in that. One day, Peter, you will you will get this game. I might do. And it's going to be as good. Oh, it's going to be as rubbish. Duke Nukem yeah. Forever. Yeah. It is. I know it is. I will still play it and I'll hopefully at least get something out of the story, if nothing else. And everyone else will play it and say, well, this was rubbish. So it's it... been in development for like half of your lifespan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been like i think so it's been like what because uh, they said Duke 15, Nukem was 14 and a half now. years yeah. so it must be about 15 and a bit years wow. yeah it what has a, actually what wow. a page turner yeah, indeed <laughs> such a page turner such a page turner i have some weird news yeah comes from at ariel underscore kent on twitter and it's from kataku written by isaiah colbert tragic <laughs> nobody can find mario's ass in our first look at the nintendo movie fans ask mario where lopez yeah, Mario Lopez. I can guarantee you he's got... He's got, got them a, cheeks. He's got the bundle, yeah. Um, fans ask where Nintendo and Illumination hid Mario's dummy thick plumber ass. <laughs> thick with two Cs. Is the subtitle, what a blunder? No, that's the subtitle. That's a shame. It should be, though. What a blunder. Yeah. What's say dummy it third thick time? Dummy, dummy thick. Like, like big, juicy, like bunda. Just not, not you familiar. You that one. I've, I'm oh, familiar with that one. I can work he's, out what it means. He's dummy thick. But dummy particular. I know like thick, obviously what thick I've, with two C's. Yeah. It's, it reminds me, yeah, I've only ever heard of it's, it through yeah, me. I know thick, but I don't know yeah. dummy. Dummy thick, mm. yeah. I think it's meant to be like, it's so stupid mm. how big your ass is right. kind of vibes. <laughs> You're making me crazy <laughs> yeah. how thick your bunda yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. Great. Anyway, today, yesterday, Nintendo revealed a first look at the upcoming Super Mario Bros. ahead of its official trade. Oh, there's a full stop there that threw me off. Movie ahead of its official trailer release coming today at time of recording at New York Comic Con, which I didn't realize it was coming at Comic Con. It was Comic Con. No. And it's glorious, save for the disenchanting washboard ass of our titular Mario. Washboard um, ass. Yeah, that's wow. not actually Rude. a phrase. It's Washboard abs and ass. Mm. Dummy thick ass, if we want to get Dummy crazy. thick abs. Um, Nintendo's teaser image prominently features a gaggle of toads going about their business in the town set in town square, while one toad carrying a Captain Toad-like assortment of gear on his back glances towards Mario. Mario, in turn, is doing his best cloud strife Shinra factory pose as he looks up at what can only be presumed to be Princess Peach's castle. I thought Toad was the name of one mushroom man. They're not all Toad. Yeah, well, are Captain they? Toad is one of the characters, and right. then they are Toad and Toadette. 
Is that the name of the species? They're all toads. They must they're be, toad toad people. They're toads, unless they're just, this happens in one family of Toad and his wife Toadette and his uncle so Captain Toad. Toads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all the part of family Toad. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like they the must be. Yeah, Toads is the plural apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the character models look really nice. The design for Mushroom Kingdom Cityscape looks as crisp as any cutscene in a contemporary Mario game. While most normal internet folks remarked on how good the setting looked, the undeniable cuteness of its denizens, one subset of gamers took umbrage with, an a- with the animation studio Illumination's depiction of Mario. Um, as you can surmise from the headline, their gripes weren't about his inaccurate thread count of Mario's overalls or why his wisps of hair lay under his hat. Instead, fans claim Mario was looking mad unfamiliar because a tunnel-hopping plumber, plumber wasn't double-cheeked up. Let me read that sentence again. They are. The species is toad. Instead, fans claimed Mario was looking mad unfamiliar because the tunnel hopping plumber wasn't double cheeked up. Yeah, cool. Just get that one there. Uh-huh. Turns out the way we were. Turns out while we were worried about the Italian erasure with the casting of Crisp Rat. Whoa, Crisp Rat, <laughs> rude. Crisp Rat is how yeah, it's crisp spelled. Rat. It. Yeah, delicious. Um, we should have been concerned about the shape lines of Mario's ass. How could we have been so foolish? And then there's a couple of tweets of someone saying, give the plumber his cake um, with a generous addition of Mario with a BBL. This is unacceptable. They took his ass. He can't flip, wrote another devastated Twitter, Twitter user. Bro, Mario got no ass. Bro, this movie's going to suck. How... TF, am I supposed to enjoy this movie if Mario ain't got a, dub, a couple mega mushrooms down there? <laughs> well said one fan with a key eye for units of measurement. Um, and then they just say, Mario is a man, a plumber, blah, blah. He has no ass. <laughs> Excellent. And someone in the comments, the only comment from staff in the section is just says, they nerfed this man's ass. <laughs> Wow. So I'm excited for the trailer. See if, if the, he got that them cheeks. Them Dem double cheeks. Them double mushrooms. Yeah. That'll be thick. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Why is modern I mean, we're all complicit in this because we were having the same conversation on Slack yesterday. Mm. Yeah. So Ben edited his own picture and yeah. Peter sent a tweet where it was like the with the with an edited and then Ben said, "I've just been sat here doing this and just sent it." To yeah, the like completely <laughs> separated from all the the com- conversation. I saw several on Twitter. That was just- I didn't see yeah. a single one. I thought, huh? Wouldn't it be funny if I made his ass really big? And I edited the picture. I've not tweeted it now. But if you want to see it, you can tweet me and ask, and I'll send it to you, <laughs> just to you directly. But so we're all complicit. But why? Why is everyone so horny now? Or, I mean, it's not necessarily horny, but it's why does everyone want to see every character, essentially a children's character, with a massive ass? They're not, including us. They're not. It's not. They don't want to see. No, I know, but but it's it's just just, funny. It's It's just just why I don't understand why that is. It's ironic sexuality. Yeah, Um, and I'm here for it until it makes me uncomfortable, and then I'm not here. You name it. it. You know, whatever video game movies come out in the next few years this same story will happen <laughs> and, well, you know jack wants the Where's spider Lilith's lady from ass. james and the giant peach to step on him with all eight legs yeah, yeah. that's true He's, so what a weird um, guy but you know they could make a, a a bowser spin-off or something and people will say well, well i guess we've already seen him in the movie but you know you name it tails why isn't tails thick in the sonic movie I can't Don't wait know. till they have to Sonic the Mario movie and re-edit it so that his... Have, have you seen the picture of his face? Because his face looked a bit weird in that one picture, but we yeah, don't know if it's real it or not. Yeah, does look a bit strange. And also they're going to have to make the his McDonald's ass bigger. Yeah. yeah. 
I can't wait. I can't wait for the trailer and everyone's reaction. We're going, to the, reactions we all going to, to the cinema. To April seventh. Let's all go to the yeah. cinema. Could can't do. Wait. You'll be there, Austin. I'll go to the premiere. Regular. Although I'm cynical, saying oh, it happens with everything. It didn't actually happen with Sonic. People complained about it. I guess they were too, too worried about his face that, yeah, yeah, he didn't have time to say, well, I'm even a massive ass. But Ugly yeah. face, good body, mm-hmm. Sonic. Yeah. Mark my words, the next next Godzilla movie, people will be saying, hey, come on. Mm. Who is the big... Why isn't he thick? Yeah. Lizard ass. My weird news is uh, from Connor Bennett mm-hmm. at cbennett underscore 12. And uh, this is from IGN, written by Ryan Dinsdale. An Elden Ring streamer has managed to defeat the game's toughest boss, Mel- uh, Mel- hang on, Melania, Melania, Millennial. Melania, that's it. I completely forgot how to pronounce it then. I just had a complete crisis because there are so many games. There's uh, so many names. Oh, f- Jesus. Are you okay? No. There's so Honestly, I was sat at my PC earlier and things were going in and out of focus. So I don't, <laughs> think, I, I don't think things are going well today. Oh boy. Uh, there are several names of characters that sound like Melania, 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 Millennial, all of it. They all just, they're the same. Anyway, uh, Melania, Blade of Michaela mm-hmm. using a dance mat at level one. That's the boss has been beaten that way. Twitch user Miss Mika captured the feat on stream and shared it on Twitter below, showing off the incredibly impressive accomplishment that took exactly 553 tries across more than 15 hours. Using her feet to control everything from the direction of movement to swinging, uh, to sword swinging and the use of items, Miss Mika was also only hit a handful of times on the final attempt, pointing out that she only used four healing flasks during the fight. I watched this video and it was very impressive. I saw a little it's crazy. bit of it on Twitter, yeah. I'm not gonna not gonna read the rest of the article, but this <laughs> that boss that was that was the hardest boss I've fought in my in my playthrough and I needed to summon in assistance. And you were using your it. hands. I was using my hands and I was not a level one either. Mm. Uh with no health bar or whatever. That is just that it's is just crazy. insane. And I am glad that these things remain sort of feats of of personal and internet uh achievement uh rather than some sort of so at, at the core of of the experience as i was talking about earlier in terms of the uh multiplayer games mm. one of the gold trophies yeah defeat the boss at level one using a dance mat yeah. exactly like it's cool that people do this but to me that's what that's Don't what getting good at this. fighting games yeah. is like yeah beating a from software boss at level one using a dance mat like that's cool that you could do that but i'm not for me, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I just sort of wonder, I guess just the sense of achievement when you finally do it must be such a rush, but... The internet clout. The thought, yeah, and the internet clout, but the thought of just fighting the same boss for 15 hours under those conditions mm. just sounds absolutely yeah. maddening. But when you do it, there's a financial gain as well. The yeah. exposure and the mm. Twitter subs and all. But then what, how do you top that? What yeah, do you do what next? do you do next? That's, true. that's the peak. I don't know what else you would do. Defeat the boss without using a controller at all. Blindfolded. Yeah, with your yeah. eyes yeah. on a screen. Just will it into existence. Mm. Well, it's time for something rather large. It is called... No, it's, no, it's not. not. No. <laughs> oh, God, it's not, is it? Bloody hell, it's already an hour. We're an hour in. No, I felt that Jesus. when question two came around. Okay. I thought it was weird news time. It's time for question three. Bloody hell, sorry. From Liam Montevalli, who says... Montevalli. Montevalli. There's sorry. no N in there. There's that. no N. Uh, Montevalli, who says, Hello, Bap, long time, long time, first time. Long time listener, first time question asker. Yeah. 
Right. You not heard long time first time? Not abbreviated like that. I've heard long time oh. listener first time. Yeah, okay. Hello, Bab. Long time first time, <laughs> except not really. With CD Projekt Red tweeting about the future Cyberpunk game and with it being fresh in some of your minds, uh, what would you like think they'd do? That's what it says. What would you like think they'd do better this time around, given how badly it launched and the resurgence it's going through, being at the top of the Steam charts and such at the moment? Much love and respect. Thank you, Liam. Thanks, Liam. Thank you. Um, I've got a simple answer to this. Just, if you're going to delay it, do a big delay. Yeah, I mean, I I think it would be naive of me to say don't delay it, because um, th- that just happens all the time now. Pretty much every major game gets mm. at least one delay, so I just par for the course. But if you're going to do that, I've got a list here of the changes in... Um, estimated or listed release date for the game it was originally going to come out on the 16th of april uh then it came but then it was moved to the 17th of september then it was moved to the 19th of november then it was the 10th of december and even then they probably still wanted to delay it but they thought well we can't anymore in time for christmas we're gonna have to yeah as number one it has to be in time for christmas and number two people are that annoyed that we went from september to november to december tiny little month by month delays that we can't do another one so that was its its biggest problem i think is that they probably well they they must have known that this actually needs far more work on it when the 10th of december came around they're like we but we've got to release it Mm. and if they had just gone from the 16th of april to the 10th of december then when december rolled around and the game wasn't ready apart from maybe the pressure to release it for Christmas, they could have uh, then said, you know what, we're going to, we're really sorry, everyone, but this just needs more time. So we're going to do a second delay and it's going to be summer next year or whatever. So I think that's a lesson that everyone should learn from this game and probably has done. If you're going to delay your game, for the love of God, don't delay it by four weeks at a time if you have even an inkling that you might Mm. need a bit longer than that it's probably better to delay it by several months and not need that and then bring it back if you've got and bring it back if you have to that would be a pleasant surprise so yeah that would be my main thing uh, having not played the game as well so i'm not Mm. the best person to answer the question i mean we're almost two years since it got released now and it's only now that it's kind of a working game that anyone could just pick up and play Mm. Which is kind of why, along with the Netflix show, which has really done them massive favours, that show, um, is why it's doing so well at the moment on Steam. Um, Because it's not broken anymore and people can play it. It's why me and Ben have only just played it because Mm -hmm. we didn't play it when it first came out because you couldn't play it. It was impossible to play. So it would be good. Just a thought here, CD Projekt Red. Hey, maybe don't release a broken game. Just a just quick one. Because that's that screwed them for the first year and a half. Mm. Like they were like no one was playing their game because everyone was like, What's the point in playing it? It's not gonna work. There's so much wrong with it. Um if they just waited, like you say, another eighteen months, they would have hey, they'd have had a really good game on their hands. And no one would have been like, Man, what a rubbish game that was. Remember when Cyberpunk happened? Um but in terms of the game itself if we go away from the absolute nightmare that was their launch and all of their marketing and all that rubbish, um, I would like to see more of the world outside of Night City. I think Mm -hmm. that Night City is a really interesting city, but it's also quite small and uh, there isn't really a lot going on in the city apart from the things that you do in the missions. There's not much 
kind of like action on the streets. There's not much kind of like things you bump into. Everyone's just kind of meandering around all the time. There's no real like personality to the city itself. There's not like a, oh, if you go on at like a nighttime, there's like a fair happening or some rubbish like that. There's no change in the city at all. So I would like to see a more diverse and exciting location for the new game. Um, I don't want to go back to Night City. I think we're done there now. Like, if they're going to pick a different character, I don't think it needs to be in Night City. I think it'd be interesting to go elsewhere and see what else is happening in the world. Because you've got a lot of kind of like conversation about it. Um, probably I got more than you did because you didn't do all the side quests. No, I didn't. But um, there's like a, the big war that happened and all the soldiers that have been like injured in that war. What happened? How's the rest of the world faring? There's like conversations about different locations and different cities and different countries. So what's happening like, you know, in England during this time? Because mm. America is a wasteland apart from the big cities. So what's happening in other countries? So it would be exciting if that's what we're going back to the, the world of cyberpunk to see more of what's going on in the world. Um, and like I say, just have a more exciting location that's got stuff happening and things going on. I mean, you can bump into the old side quest, but most of them are just like, you go to the location or you get a text mm. message to be like, hello, you've completed enough levels now that you can access this side quest. And I'm like, brilliant, I'll go do that then. Um, but yeah, it would be good to have a bit more excitement in the world, please. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, I'm in complete agreement. I think uh, as cool as night city was to look at mm. there wasn't really anything going on mm -hmm. there like you'd see all these interesting businesses and nightclubs and you'd hear about this seedy underbelly but you'd only ever see the seedy underbelly when it was a scripted moment yeah. going in for a mission or whatever i'd like to just be able to walk into some of these businesses or these clubs and just have stuff to do i know that we've literally just come off the back of talking about open worlds and how they are too stuffed with things to do but it's not even necessarily that these have to be things that Packed you can to the brim well yeah or even things that you have to engage with i just yeah, like to just walk to into some at. of these businesses and just see what's going on you mm. know stumble upon some weird underground chop shop off my own back that's beneath a restaurant or whatever you yeah. know it, there's so many interesting locations and as i said that the businesses as well you're like oh this this sounds cool and there are people queuing up for nightclubs that you can't go into mm -hmm. and it just feels like a lot of these places were at one time planned to be interactable yeah you know in some way and then they just weren't so all the city ultimately ended up being was just a thing you would drive through to get to the next mission mm -hmm. uh which is a bit of a shame given the strength of the setting in terms of cd project themselves they've done it again they've announced things way too bloody early yeah. we are going to be hearing about this game for years and yeah. i am all i mean they've got to learn from their mistakes I, I feel like all the goodwill in the world perhaps we're moving into the territory where it's a case of forgive but not forget what they did mm -hmm. before. Uh, give them the benefit of the doubt moving forwards. Maybe they will learn from their mistakes. They haven't here because I don't want to know about this game until it's like maybe a year and a half away. Yeah. Really. I don't I don't need to know this that this exists yet. Um, and as Peter said, as soon as they start announcing release dates, I'm not going to believe it. No. I'm not going to believe it for a second. There's no way in hell they're hitting that first release date that they announced. They just, they just aren't. Um, have they announced a 
No, 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 no. Oh, they haven't yet. They just said them. Huh? They said they're working on it, which is again just too vague for me, really. And they're working on a Witcher one as well. Sorry, I saw a tweet this morning that they were talking about the Witcher and the follow-up to the Witcher. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's another Witcher game as well. well. We're not going to be hearing about that for ages. But it'd be worse for that game in particular if there's any kind of delay than Mm -hmm. it would for any other, just based on the reputation of the first one. You know, like another game that was being developed in parallel by a different uh, developer, if they announced the same length of delay, it would look worse on Cyberpunk 2, if Mm. whatever we're going to call it, just, just because of what the yep. first one did so they've got to be careful it feels like the tide of public opinion is starting to shift um on on cyberpunk 2077 but certainly it's... cd projects still have a lot of work to do because th- i think a lot of people are going to be extremely wary mm-hmm. about them now and they're not going to d- buy into the hype anywhere near or arguably last time obviously the hype was way over yeah. the, over the top yeah but they may struggle to generate much hype at all because people will be like, oh, I'll wait until it comes out. Well, all this hype is is literally just because of the Netflix show. The second that that went out, and that has done really well and mm. has gone down really, really it's well. But runners. they didn't do anything. They they gave them the IP, but they didn't make that. Mm. That was a, a animation, an anime company. They didn't make that. But because of that, that's why it's doing so well. And that kind of annoys me. Hey, I like, I like Powell, the guy who does all of the marketing i think he was one of those uh game runners or whatever it's called i won't say showrunner like a tv show but that's not what he directors. is maybe a director Quite yeah. lead quest uh, designer potentially um he's a nice guy whenever he does other showcases he's just happy to be there but um hey the game was really bad and nobody really kind of punished them for that i mean they got like actually sued and had to deal with all of the negative like monetary influences but now they get all that bloody money back aren't they jammy buggers mm-hmm. um but yeah, they never really lost any of it they made no. all their money back on day one exactly so. so i do hope that they've learned from their mistakes but unfortunately given the current situation i just don't think they will i think they're like well it turned out all right in the end yeah. let's yeah. just do it well, again it's like rockstar and the gta trilogy yeah they made all their money <laughs> they made so much money yeah, off doesn't it doesn't matter yeah. and they basically said that much in their in their like the financials and stuff they're like mm-hmm. well it performed really well so yeah, yeah. whatever game doesn't work but hey Look at my bank account. Who cares? Who bloody cares? Yeah. Now it's time for a big discussion. Yes. yes. It's big discussion time. Time for the big video game discussion this week. It comes courtesy of Conroy Milk, who says, Greetings, ba- uh, BAP. So it was recently announced that Google is shutting down support for the Stadia and issuing full refunds to those who had purchased a Stadia. I even saw tweets from some developers who were working on projects for the Stadia for the Stadia, finding out via the press release published on Twitter rather than being warned in advance. Mm -hmm. But where do you feel as though things went wrong for the Stadia? Having launched just before the pandemic and during a time where there was a shortage of graphics cards, it looked on paper like the Stadia should have been a success. Do you think the failure was due to a lack of advertisement from Google, an oversaturation of the handheld market having to compete with both the Switch and the Steam Deck or something else? Keep up the great work. Mr. Milk. Thanks, Mr. Milk. Thank you, Mr. Milk. It's interesting that uh, Comroy identifies the Stadia as a mobile device rather than a a home device, which is how I've only seen it used. Mm. Um, That may have been the problem. Maybe they didn't market it enough as a mobile device. Well, it wasn't really because you have to have... And also, a, it a device take the to, to launch these features as anyway that's yeah. getting into yeah. we do actually have a statement yes <laughs> from sold stadia champion um 
Sam Driver. Didn't Adam Pacitti also have one? He did, but I think Adam Pacitti tends to buy things and then not use them. I think that was the case Ah. with the Wii U that I'm currently using in the office. Mm -hmm. It doesn't strike me that he played much of it, but he has it and a lot of games. (laughs) So I think he just bought it when it came out. Yeah. Whereas Sam actually played his and he was a big champion of it. So I haven't proofread this. It might be full of expletives, but here we go. This is... He uh, uh, spoke to us the first time when it first came out, or maybe yeah, before it week, came out. Yeah, my first weekend with the stadium. First was, weekend yeah. with, yeah. Talk to him about how he was finding it. So mm-hmm. here we go, at the end. Well, it's not mm-hmm. the end yet. It shuts down in next year, I think. Pass. Yeah. I think it shuts down early next year. Citation needed. To be honest, it seemed like this day was always looming with Google's U-turny nature. <laughs> there was the very rocky start, followed by a lot of confusion, and then things kind of settled into an enjoyable experience on the whole. The problem is that while Stadia had the tech and all the press initially, xCloud and PS Plus streaming very quickly got to equal footing with a much more exciting offering of games. The failure to provide a service or ever really make any announcement about the service when it launched in an unplayable state really didn't help their cause either. I couldn't really fault Stadia as a service after the bad launch subsided, but they just seemed to languish with little to no promotion, the controller slash Chromecast sets being given away as bonus Google Store order items after others had paid for them, the lack of depth in their library and their woeful PR, among many other factors. It was a great idea. Uh, It was a great idea, but it wasn't actually a new idea, just something that had been honed a little more than anyone else. The main problem was that Google failed to elaborate exactly what the service was in any form of reasonable time frame. They absorbed all of the press and spattered a lot of buzzwords, but people still saw it as a Netflix-style service and rightly balked when they saw the prices they were asking for old games. Mm The tech had a lot of issues initially, which would have had a massive adverse effect on anyone giving the service a go after reading about it in Wired or wherever. Uh, The failure to launch on top of it was was just the iceberg appearing over the horizon, and we've been on that course ever since. Was it an easy way to play games on the move? Sure. Was it nice to be able to just take a controller anywhere you went without having to take a console? Sure. I think they had a... uh, I think they... I think had they got out way ahead of any other game streaming service and had it been under a different company with a more focused drive on making it a success it might have fared better either way if you can pick up the controllers cheap in the future and you're in need they're very comfy and click satisfyingly so there's at least that (laughs) (laughs) thank you sam thanks sam a lot of great points made there i was sort of expecting him to write about his personal experience but he just sort of gave an overview which is helpful from someone on the inside having owned a stadia that entire time Mm -hmm. but peter what do you make of all this was it inevitable i feel like it probably was i mean i i do think i'm a bit of a cynic in with a lot of kind of new interesting stuff in the gaming world because i think i've always just liked what i know i've always been quite comfortable it's probably one of the reasons why i still like to play older games and i'm always a bit apprehensive about newer stuff so when this was announced i was like hmm, not sure and i think particularly cloud gaming and, and streaming your games as just as a concept seemed like something that i didn't think would necessarily take off or I certainly thought, well, that's never going to rival mm. traditional gaming as we know it. And maybe one day it will in decades and decades. Um, but So it's difficult to even quantify what would have been success for the Stadia. Because within the cloud gaming sphere, maybe it could have done well. Um, but evidently it didn't even do well enough within that sort of slice of the pie. Because Google is saying, oh, we're not going to do it anymore. I think probably it's got to be a marketing issue more than anything else because 
algorithmically, I ought to have been being fed ads and bits of content for something like Stadia. The internet thinks that I'm, you know... A gamer. A gamer boy, exactly. So why... Why have I never seen an ad yeah. for Stadia? Especially when mm. Google own all the websites that have ads or, you know, they, they own the a very large and significant ad system mm-hmm. uh, on the internet. I was thinking that the other day when they announced this, I was like, I hadn't even thought about Stadia in literally months. Like I hadn't even, I was like, oh, it's still going. Mm. It's still a thing. No one ever talks about it. I've never seen anything for it. I just assumed that it wasn't a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, also Comrade Milk makes a good point that if you are talking about gaming on the go, you've got your Switch. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, Sam says, yeah, it's handy being able to take a controller with you. And I I do not have the stats for this, but I imagine Stadia is a, a more powerful system in that it could, it could run high-end stuff on, you know, the server end rather than a Switch, which, you know, sort of infamously, it's, it's the one downfall of the Switch is it, it can't necessarily run things as well as, uh, your, your your PS5s and so on, but you can take it on the go. But the thing about this is that it's not it's not just a controller because you can't just walk into a hotel room with a controller and just have it work on the TV. Like you need something for that controller to like like connect to. Obviously, mm. you can do it on your phone. That's yeah. fine. But if like your phone's like my my phone, if I try to run a game on it, and I've done this with Xbox Game Pass dies in like 20 minutes because i haven't got a brand new phone mm. and unless you have a good powerful phone that can like sustain like bluetooth into the controller and also running a game like that's not gonna work you need maybe a laptop or a tablet something that will run stadia as well as the controller itself so you can't will it not just work with a smart tv well maybe but like how often that, do you go to a, a hotel that works with this some smart so yeah like it would have to be maybe a a bit of yeah but but obviously like you you know you can't take it it on the train and just like be able to play with just a control yeah exactly whereas you can with a switch so um yeah those are those are my main things i think that it's just not been marketed i've i think i've ever seen a stadia ad or maybe in the early days i might have done um yeah switch kind of outcompeted it um in terms of being a a, you know take it on the go kind of thing Mm. and then also probably exclusives is kind of always a good way to sell some hardware and you know i don't think there was anything that really drew me in that much it was meant to be uh flipping what's it called the quarry was developed as a stadia exclusive and if they had followed through with that we would have probably uh, genuinely we would have probably asked sam to borrow his stadia so that we could we could play it uh because you know that is the kind of game that's not necessarily going to win any awards but that developer and that sort of series even though it's not part of dark pictures mm. has a lot of fans and that would have been a huge get what well, was an orcs must die three on yeah there? i was gonna say in terms of again it's not a not a huge game that's gonna draw in huge crowds but on a personal level orcs must die three was a timed exclusive mm-hmm. and if they'd not said timed i might have at, at least asked to borrow sam's if not you know been tempted to look at stadia and think well is there anything else on here that justifies me buying this so that i can play ultimate mm-hmm. die 3 but it was timed exclusive and eventually it came around to steam and consoles now as well so mm. I, I i didn't need to mm. didn't need to stay, do, uh, buy one we as in me and mb subscribed to stadia for about like they had like a cheap month they were like a half off month for a, a month i played the first little nightmares game via stadia mm-hmm. um but i didn't have the controller 
I just played it on my browser on my computer and just like HDMI'd it to the TV. Um, but I just it was just another cloud gaming service. And at the time, Game Pass wasn't doing the same things they're doing now, so it was quite good. And you were like, well, I can just stream this game. I'm not got to download it. Not got to take up storage on my computer. Fantastic. However, there wasn't that many games on there. I remember they had like a bunch of like free slash included games that had like Destiny and Destiny 2 um, when that was on there they had automatically unlocked season pass so you didn't have to like pay for the season pass in Destiny 2 so we got a bunch of stuff from there and then took our saves after that month to the PlayStation <laughs> and just played it on there um, but yeah I played Little Nightmares 2 on there and for the first Little Nightmares sorry and the odd game but like I say most of them were like you have to pay for them and they were the same price as a regular game and I was like well I'm already paying a subscription to Stadia like I've just paid for this month and now do you want me to pay again mm. for a game that if I don't continue my subscription I won't be able to play anymore like I don't understand this the games costed the same amount as if you were to just like have the game in a physical copy in front well, of you that's, slash that's one issue then. on yeah on steam and it's a step below even digitally owning yeah it exactly because yeah. you got you can't ever download it locally. yeah so if you haven't got internet you can't play that game that you own i mean admittedly that is an issue with a couple of the other systems yeah. currently mm. but um it's a new twist yeah fun new twist um but yeah you still can't play that and i mean i've done cloud gaming with xbox cloud like Xbox Game Pass Cloud Gaming. Um, recently, when I was between homes, I was uh, streaming to my laptop. My laptop is bad, but uh, it worked, did the job because it wasn't actually doing anything. It was mm. just functioning as a screen. I have my Xbox controller that's just Bluetooth that I can just connect to my laptop or my phone. Brilliant, easy peasy. However, it just, Game Pass did everything better than what Stadia did. I don't necessarily think PlayStation Plus is it a factor in this at all? No. I don't think that has anything to do with this. You can't stream, well, you can stream a few games on PlayStation Plus because you have to, but you can't like necessarily take your PlayStation account mobile. You have to bring your PlayStation with you. Um, I think it's all Game Pass and I don't think Game Pass killed Sta uh, Stadia. I think Google killed Stadia because they just didn't tell anyone about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just think cloud gaming is so hit or miss and with game pass there's just so many more games that i was like gee i hope it works this time because i want to play this for a stadia i was like if it doesn't work it's not a big deal because there's only four games on here that i want to play so mm -hmm. yeah i just think that they just didn't do anything correctly really they just kind of were like we're, we're the first ones to do it so we'll just do what we want and then didn't do anything kind of correctly in the way they did it which i think is why it's dying so yeah it's it should have worked mm -hmm. because if there was any company that could enter yeah. the games industry, it, it would have been Google. They had the money. They uh, bought some studios. They had the right creatives involved. They had industry veterans involved. And then they just bugged it up like they got bored of it. Yeah. Like they just lost interest in it. And one by one, we saw these big names that had gone there in the first place leave and set yeah. up their own thing and work on different stuff. Um, it's it, it's absolutely, for me, at least a, a marketing issue. As you mm. said, Peter, I never saw an advert for Stadia. I was never tempted to get it anyway. No. But, but the fact that it wasn't a Netflix-style subscription service, which, I, as Sam said, I think a lot of people thought it probably was going to be, was a huge point against them. And if, if again, if there was any 
company in the world that could afford to launch a Game Pass competitor. It was Google. They could have done that if they wanted to, but they just saw it as not worthwhile, ultimately, in the end, for whatever reason. Um, They also struggled, I think, to win over the core gaming audience who are exactly the people that they should try and appeal to because outside of a few who were willing to give it a go, there were thousands upon thousands upon millions more who were laughing at every stumble that the stadia had it was it was sort of like oh what's wrong with the stadia now have you seen what's going on with stadia this Mm -hmm. week just sort of jeering and cheering and that is not a position you want to be in if you're trying to enter this this well-established uh audience and or trying to appeal to this well-established audience and I, i feel like they just didn't didn't get that um it reminds me a lot of what sony has been like with various PlayStation platforms, in particular the Vita, where they sort mm. of announced it and people were like, huh, this is this is great. You know, this, it could be better. There's some things wrong with it, but like it's a great idea. And then they just sort of pretended it didn't exist until yeah. they quietly canceled it. Mm. I think it's good that they're refunding everybody. I think that's an interesting yeah, move as well. Mm. And again, shows just how much money Stadia has, uh, or Google, sorry, has. But it just it's i don't know it just i'm I'm hesitant to say that it was ahead of its time because that i think is i mean we've we've had streaming things before we've had the on live and things like that that were meant to be these dedicated you know physical consoles physical hardware whatever that's that's the past man Hmm. it's time to stream and stadia we may well look back on and say well the alternative that we've got now, this new startup, is rubbish compared to what Stadia was offering mm. all those years ago. But again, I just don't think the the internet's there yet. I don't think the interest is there in in just streaming games. No. We're just getting to the point where people are coming to terms with the fact that it's cheaper and easier to buy things digitally than it is physically. Uh, so I think we've still got a long way to go before the general population is open to that, which again is why I think it was so important to appeal to people like us, which they just didn't do yeah. at all. Yeah, I agree with you. Like yeah. I say, I don't think ahead of their time is the correct thing because if Game Pass goes to show anything, then they would literally like right at the correct time. They just didn't put any effort in. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, as Conroy says as well, you know, the, the timing couldn't have been better in terms of uh, pandemic, stock shortages, chip mm. shortages, boats getting stuck in the canal yeah ruining global trade routes and yeah the pandemic everyone's stuck at home it would have been perfect and they i didn't hear a peep out of google stadia that entire year and a half we were on again off again working from home Mm -hmm. yeah 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 well that's that We'll continue to see how it unfolds over the next few months. And I think it will be interesting. It will make for interesting reading some Jason Schreier article or Mm. some documentary in a few years. You know, what went went wrong wrong with the stadia? Like talking to people inside and it's just, well, Bill Google came in one day and he said, you know what, actually, this is stupid. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, So there we are. But let us know what you think in the comments below and uh, on various places around the internet. Peter's going to tell you where they are youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump it's where all of our content goes out that's both uh, videos and live streams when we're streaming on both youtube and twitch we're modded by lord brotovich trialing badger and mr black did you know if you've got amazon prime part of that entire bundle that you're already paying for is a twitch sub you can just spend that on us if you like so why not why not 
do it Why now. not? Why not? Huh? Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. You can go to those for all sorts of things, video and live stream announcements, um, little bits of news and things like that, uh, legacy video content and uh, kind of interactive bits and bobs. Fraser looks after those uh, and he also looks after TikTok.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump for our TikToks. Um, we've also got patreon.com forward slash team triple jump there's loads of different tiers on there with all kinds of different rewards including early access to content on the channel um asking questions on the podcast being a producer getting physical bits of merch loads of things so go and have a look at those we have a website it's triple j.mup that's triple j-u.mp so as jump it's very clever if you want to join our Discord and chat with our wonderful community, you can go to triplej.mup forward slash Discord. On Discord, we're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Holloway. And if you tell you to do something, bloody well do it, all right? If you want to listen to the podcast in its audio form, maybe you're a train man and you're striking this weekend and you want something to listen to while you're on the picket line, why not go to triplej.mup forward slash podcast? You say train man? Yeah. There's a lot of a woman. You could be a train driver or you could be a ticket booth person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Are they collectively known as train people? No. Conductor. Trainees. Trainees. Very Trainers. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you want to watch one of our live stream VODs, you can go to triplejet.mup forward slash VODs. If you want to book a cameo from us, any of us, or James Jenkins, you can go to triplejet.mup forward slash cameo. And if you want to buy some sick and cool merch, keep an eye on the Twitter at Triple Jump Store. You can buy some sick and cool merch that looks like this. Wow. This is no longer this available. No longer available. Um, you can go to triplejumpshop.com and make sure you're following at triplejumpshop on Twitter for the latest merch announcements. Why not follow Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thursday being the joint stream. Blaze it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is Friday for patrons. It's fortnightly as well. <laughs> Sunday for everyone else. I got all over the place. I need to I need flip and lie got, down. You got there. I'm having a real issue today. Uh, the podcast is every Saturday and we do shows all the bloody time. So please come along and check them out. We're not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice it helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms and we really appreciate it uh, all sorts going out this week isn't there yeah yeah weirdest games ever uh, is that the it's Sunday the for everyone or is that yeah, just the yeah well it's um went out last week for patrons yeah so if you've already seen it on patreon.com for us triple drum it's it's a Halloween episode I know it's a bit early but the next one will land after Halloween so mm-hmm. yeah there you go. It's the October episode, so go and have a look at the spooky game. Absolutely. We have a couple of quipscopes on the channel this week. Um, I played some Jackbox Party Pack 9, so you can see how I got on with that. Mm-hmm. And Ben, we had a lovely sponsor for one quipscope this mm-hmm. week. Yes. Uh, for Near Automata, what's it called? Uh, the End of Your Her edition, I believe, which is mm. the switch port of Near Automata. Uh, I urge you all if you're able to to give the video a watch and also click the link Please. in the uh, the pinned comment slash the description box you don't necessarily have to buy a copy when you go through the link, but clicking the link will help us loads. So mm-hmm. please do go and do that if you if you can spare a moment. We'd appreciate it. Additionally, we're hiring, as we said at the top of the show, mm-hmm. uh, tripleju.mp. Uh, maybe it's forward slash careers. I'm not yeah, entirely sure. Yeah, uh, but you can click on the careers button at the bottom of the page and you've got until the 24th of October if you want to come work with us on some ranked lists. We're looking for a full-time staff writer working either remotely or in the office with us. So... 
give it a go. Also, some people were saying like, oh, I don't know anything about Silent Hill, so can I write about something else? But also we do lots of different topics. So And even if you don't know about Silent Hill, we're going to get you to write about things you don't things necessarily, you don't necessarily know. Things, yeah. So we're get, it really is a demonstration of your research ability. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to know about Silent Hill to get the job. You need to be able to research Silent Hill. Yes, we yeah. need to show that you can research things. You know, that you that's, don't know about. It's very important. So <laughs> while you could end up writing about things you know a lot about, there will be lots of times where you won't know a lot about what like you're writing about. Like every Shrek game ranked. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Uh, so we'll need you to, you know, put that uh, put that research cap on. Mm-hmm. So uh, do bear that in mind and do give it a go. Finally, as I said at the top of the show, again, the Tat Appeal opens next week. There'll be a video about it on Friday. So keep your eyes peeled and your ears extended with your go-go gadget ear holes and uh, prepare those tap boxes because they're oh boy it's coming yeah it's that time soon one last time for the sponsor ben yes it is the mario movie plot synopsis which is of course all about mario lopez Mm. there are two mario movies and this one has the cake that you all deserve yes and the washboard abs yes so dummy thick there it is. Indeed. You used that right. I've learned. It. Well done, man. That's good. Right for Kotaku if you want to. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching slash listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Look after yourselves. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.